Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Think about it, there must be higher love Down in the heart or hidden in the stars above Without it, life is wasted time Look inside your heart and I'll look inside mine Things look so bad everywhere In this whole world, what is fair? We walk blind and we try to see Falling behind in what could be yearning and it's real to me there must be someone who's feeling for me things look so bad everywhere in this whole world what is fair we walk blind and we try to see falling behind in what could be
where's that higher love I keep thinking of? Wow, you got me revved up. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs. And Nicholas, woo, your sweet business on the piano. And he gets into it. <laughs> Let's give him another hand. Woo! Oh, man. Woo! Wow. I almost won another uh, music Sunday <laughs> after that. So how are you guys doing? Great. Feeling good? Fine. That's good. good. Are, you ready to, are you ready to experience your higher love? Did you get rubbed up in higher love? Yeah. Or is it just me? No. Good. Okay. Everybody else too. Good. All right. Well, we have been studying in a series called Make a Difference. And we have been using for our text the scripture from um, Luke, 7, Luke 4, verse... Here, let's see if I got it. I'll go past the title for a second. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. We've been studying this. And I want to start off with a cute little joke before we get deep into this. Uh, do I remember it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember it. I remember it. I was about to get started in here. My mind went to spirit. Okay, so I, I heard this cute little joke about this, um, this guy who was really stingy with his money, right? So he made his wife, he was so stingy, he made his wife promise to put all the money that he saved for his life into his casket when she buried him when he died, right? And so eventually she, he passes away. And so they have the funeral and everything, and right before they wheel him down to take him to the cemetery, she opens up the casket and slides in this wooden box and closes it up, and then he, they wheel him out. And his, her girlfriend goes, you didn't put all that money in the, in the casket with him, did you? You didn't just bury $50,000 with him, did you? She said, yeah, I did. She said, I'm a Christian, I'm honest. And she said, are you serious? His, her friend said, $50,000, you just did that? She said, yeah, I did. I wrote him a check. <laughs> oh, man, I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> so as I was reading that, my eyes opened up, too, right? And then I remembered that we are working right now on proclaiming recovery of sight to the blind. So I had to see it from a different perspective. I couldn't look at it at face value. So, like I said, on my installation day, which was July 28th, we went into a series entitled Make a Difference, and we were talking about how as we make a difference in ourselves, we can make a difference in the world, and we really need to some type of something happening in this world to shift what's going on, right? Yes. And there's a song we sing at the end of the uh, service that says, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me, me right? So in this series... God put it on my heart to use the scripture from Luke, like I said. It's Luke 4, verses 18 through 19. Now, for uh, those of you who weren't there uh, when I started this, I'll just go over the brief little summary of what led up to this part. Jesus has just pro um, accepted his call to ministry. And he went through his 40 days in the wilderness, and he comes out, and he goes back to Nazareth in the synagogue. And in the synagogue... The rabbis usually stand up one at a time, and they read from the scroll. Well, the scroll they were reading from is called the 
uh, Septuagint because it was written from Hebrew in, in Greek. So Jesus stands up, the attendant gives him the scroll, he starts reading it, and he reads this scripture, which is from Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 2. And so he's reading it, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, our eyeballs are on him, like, because he speaks with authority, like, this is me God's talking about, right? And he sits down, and then as they're looking at him, he says, in hearing the, uh, this, let me read it from, I don't have it there, I'll read it. He says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And at that point, I was saying the same thing to us, that today this scripture has been fulfilled in our hearing because we, as followers of Jesus, just like Mer Charles and Myrtle Fillmore did, we have proclaimed that we are anointed by God as well. And that everything that we say and do through our thoughts held in mind, remember the, second, the third unity principle, we produce that in our world. So as we walk in the way that Jesus walked, we are now taking on these as well. So we've already gone through bringing good news to the poor. We talked about how that's connected to lack, lack consciousness and releasing any form of lack consciousness in our mind, not just dealing with finances, but dealing with how you're thinking about yourself, your situation, and others as well. And then last week, we discussed proclaiming release to the captives, and we talked about that as well. We talked about how that is whatever is holding you back from be, uh, living and being your highest life, from playing in the arena, playing in the game, playing it big. There's a lot of things that keep us from playing it big. We play it small because we don't want to be criticized, we don't want to fail, we don't want to be embarrassed. There's a lot of things, and we talked about releasing those thoughts that are holding us captive from playing it big, right? So now this week, we're going to go into proclaiming recovery of sight to the blind. And as I was thinking about that, I was meditating on that, I, I, really, I remember that in the Bible, when you read the Gospels, Jesus did heal the blind. As a matter of fact, there was one guy who came to him who he healed. He they were in Bethsaida. He took him out of Bethsaida, and he took and spit in the guy's eyes. I'm like, spit in his eyes? Are you kidding me? So even Jesus' spit was holy and healing, but I don't like the idea of somebody spitting in my eye. I'm just saying. But he spit in the guy's eyes. And then he asked the guy, what do you see? And the guy said, I see men walking as trees. And then he did it again. Then he asked him, what does he see? And the guy could see clearly. Now, that was important to me, right? I was thinking about that. So God, what do you mean by proclaiming recovery of sight to the blind? We know Jesus healed the blind, but there's something deeper there. And so I was led to look at, have, has anybody seen anything like this? called a stereogram. When you look at it on face, on surface, it's just a lot of colors, right? Just a lot of colors. But when you look at it and shift your focus, there's a picture, a third-dimensional picture in there. You can't see it until you shift your focus, right? When we look at our life on a surface value, just like as you look at this picture right now, 
And it's hard to see it. It would be a little bit, if it was a little darker, you probably could see the third dimensional picture inside of there. But when you're looking at your life on a surface value, just like you're looking at these pictures and you, this, this, this right here, and you can't see the hidden picture in there, you are caught up in your life like that. What's happened is you're walking in spiritual blindness. Has anybody seen the picture yet? Has anybody been able to see the picture inside of there? It's, it's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur in there. Now, when I was looking at this, now it, you probably, because it's up on this screen like that, but has anybody seen these kind of a pictures where there's a hidden picture inside of that? I had to look at it. I couldn't see it when I just looked at it. So I read the instructions on how to do it. The instructions say to take your finger and put it on your nose and look at your finger and then draw the figure as you focus on your finger, bring your finger towards the picture. And what happens is as you're focused on your finger and you look at the picture, you see from a different perspective, right? When you look at your life through the eyes of spirit, you see a whole lot more going on in the dynamics of your life. There's a scripture that Jesus says that says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have what? The light of life. And that is why Charles and Myrtle Fillmore created unity in the aligned with the teachings of Jesus. Unity's mission statement, let me see if I can remember it, says that unity is a link in the great movement, the great educational movement inaugurated by Jesus Christ. It says, we, our objective is to discern and prove the truth in Christianity. The truth that we teach is not new, nor do we claim special revelation or discovery of spiritual principles. Our purpose is to teach and help mankind to use and prove the eternal truth of the master. Yes, I got it. I, I want to memorize that because that is a huge thing. That's what we do in, Christian, in, in unity. We take Christianity and teach how to live it practically in our lives. That's what we do in Christianity. We follow the light. We discern in our life where is the light in our life and we proclaim recovery of sight to the blind by shifting how we see different circumstances. Now let me give you a story that, that brings this together. And you might have heard it before, I don't know. So this guy, I read this story about this guy who got on the subway, right? And everything's quiet, people are reading their books, their papers and everything, and they're kind of relaxed, right? And then this guy gets on, he's kind of shuffled in his clothes and everything, he has three kids with him, and they're running all over, and they're kind of seeming rowdy and everything, and, you know, just having a ball laughing and chasing each other and this and that. And it kind of, the guy begins to see is disrupting, to him is disrupting all the energy in the subway. It's making everybody all upset and irritated, right? So he's sitting down next to the guy, and the guy's just huddled over like this. And then he looks up at his kids, and he puts his head back down. And the guy's like... Do, you know? So finally he says, your, your kids are kind of energetic, huh? You know, they're, they're kind of all over, you know? In the, in the, and he says, yeah, you know, we just left the hospital. Their mom was in hospice for like three weeks and she just died. And 
I think they just don't know how to handle it. Honestly, I don't know how to handle it either. So the guy who's had this judgment in his heart, who saw these kids as being rowdy and uncontrolling and unruly, was like, wow, it shifted his whole perspective. He was in spiritual blindness at the moment because he was looking at that, the picture of what was going on that was colors. He was just looking at the surface and it was disrupting. And he looked at everybody from a different perspective. They weren't irritated. They were looking with smiles at the kids. So he started thinking, there, you know, what if there's people here who hadn't had kids and they get to see the joy of these kids playing, you know, in, the, on, in there? What if there's some people who love to be a teacher and they're on, on break right now and they get to see kids playing around? Or what if someone's remembering themselves as a child and they get to see these kids and it's making them remember more about how it is to be a child? Brings them back to that perspective of being a child. He had a whole paradigm shift. He came out of the darkness spiritual darkness, and came into light. How many times do we do that in our own life? Not just towards somebody else. How many times do we look at ourselves that way and put a judgment on what we are doing or what we are saying or what's going on inside of us when really we're just trying to be, trying to balance, trying to be an expression? I was going through this week, had a lot of emotion going on, especially coming out of my installation going into August. August 1st, and I've just been like in a fog and like, what's going on? Am I, what's, I don't understand, God, what's going on? I'm supposed to be in a better place right now. I just finished my internship. I got installed. I got ordained. I'm not understanding what's going on. And then middle, the middle of the week, maybe uh, by August 3rd or so, I realized that this was the, these four, first 17 days were when my mom was in hospice. So I'm feeling that dread of going to the hospital to watch my mom die every day. It's coming back to me. And I'm, but I'm judging myself I should be in a better place until I saw myself from a different perspective. And like I'm being cheerful and happy to other people, but I can't really connect because there was something stopping me. There was a dread there like, what's going on? You know how you feel that feeling of other shoes going to drop kind of feeling? I'm feeling what is going on. I'm in spiritual darkness in a moment because I don't know. Then I realize, oh, yeah, these first 17, 17 days of August, my whole family goes through this, right? And then yesterday comes, and, I, and, and all up to, up to yesterday now, I, I'm preparing for this memorial, and I'm like, how am I going to do this memorial? This memorial is for two parents that passed away. I already lost my parents. I know how it feels, but it's for two parents that have passed away. How am I going to go through this and stuff? And, and I, so when I moved into shifting, into seeing from a different perspective, which is when you shift your perspective, like that finger that you put to your nose is really the light of God. When you look into it and say, God, show me what's the truth. Show me what's the truth. And what I was really feeling is what they were feeling, probably. What they, I was anticipating what they were probably feeling, grieving both their mother and their father. And then I looked at it like, oh, you're giving me a compassionate heart so that I can be able to stand for them, stand in the gap for them, know what to pray for for them, because they are mourning two parents, and I mourned one. I get it. I get it. And then the memorial was yesterday, which was the day my mom passed. And then it's interesting because I thought I was going to be in a space where I was going to be 
having to be picked up from the ground because I'd be crying and all that. But the day came, I went through the memorial and everything. I went and blessed Melanie, uh, who will, when she finishes her things, will be Reverend Melanie Porch Donahue, who you've seen come and speak a couple times. She, she went down to her ministerial week and everything to start her internship today. So I went and blessed her, and I was doing other things. And Howard, my husband Howard calls me on my way home and says, are you going to go see your grandmother today? Now, I'm not even realizing why he's asking me. No, I'm not going to go see her today. He was asking me that because her daughter passed yesterday, my mom. And not only that, it was her husband, their anniversary, her and her husband's anniversary. He's passed, too. Didn't hit me until I got home. Later on in the day, God let me be this space of peace throughout that whole day. I went through the grieving the days up to the 17th. And then I could stand in a space of strength for God. I looked at things from a different perspective. I came out of the spiritual darkness. I came out of looking at my life from a surface level. I came into asking God to show me the truth. I was that finger that you bring to your, from your nose out towards the picture of your life, and you can see the third dimensional truth that is coming out of it. I proclaimed recovery of sight to the blindness for myself first, and then yesterday I could do it for them. That's how God works. It happened so seamlessly that I didn't even realize until the end of the day, Howard said, did you talk to your family? And I was like, oh my gosh, this was the day my mom passed. But I wasn't in a grieving space. I was in peace. And I sent them a text that said, thinking about mama today. I had to, uh, and I love you all. Just wanted to tell you I love you. I said, I had, I officiated a, a memorial for two parents today and it made me appreciate you guys even more. I love you. And then they sent back, they love me to me too. It was around 10.30, and I was like, well, it's late. Howard said, it's not too late. And so I sent the text out. When you see from the eyes of the heart, you have tapped into the light of Jesus. Because that's what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was guiding us all inside to our heart, to the connection that we have to the universe, to everybody that you cannot see. You cannot see that you and I are one, but we are. You cannot see that you and I are one, but we are. But have you ever been around somebody who was happy and you felt their happiness? Have you ever been around somebody who was angry and you felt their anger? Have you ever felt, been around someone who was grieving and you could feel their grieving? Have you ever sometimes known when to touch a person's hand or give them a hug or not say anything at all? That's because we're one, and you feel that connection when you see past what's going on in the world. I had another story I heard about this taxi, taxi cab driver who was having a bad morning, and so he went to uh, pick up this one uh, client. And he was sitting outside for a little bit. He beeped on a horn, and it took a while, and so he finally got up and went and knocked on the door, and he heard, he, finally he could hear, hold on a second, and then he heard something being dragged and dragged and dragged, and then the, old, the door opened up, and it was a little old lady sitting there. She had a big old suitcase next to her, and he was like, oh. Now, that shifted him, because he's thinking at first, who the heck has me waiting all this time, you know, fussing in his head? But it took her a minute to drag that suitcase, and she's a little old lady. So he helps her put her things in the car, 
And then he, he's still frustrated, though, you know, because it takes a minute to put the things in the car and then open the door and help her into the car. And so he's still in a space of, frustra- space of frustration, closes the door, gets in the car, and he asks her, where do you want to go? And she's just sitting there for a minute. So he's like, oh, God, really? Ma'am, did you hear me? Where do you want to go? She said, I don't know. I was diagnosed as being terminally, having terminal cancer. She said, I, I don't, I'm supposed to go to hospice right now, but I'm not ready to go yet. And he's like, shifting. Isn't it amazing how when you realize that somebody's going through life and death, how your perspective changes? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Because we connect. So he turned off the fare, the, the meter, and he asked her, where would you like to go? We don't have to go there yet. She said, I'd love to go to the house I grew up in. And it's in this area, it's in this city. So he took her there. And then he said, where else would you like to go? And then he took her to the playground where she used to play with her friends. Who she, and one of her friends who she had known for 30 years had passed a little bit ago, but, and she loved, so he took her there. And then he took her to another area, na- neighborhoods, where she used to duck behind trees and everything. He took her to all these areas, and he spent the whole morning, and, and late into the afternoon with her, just driving her around. And then eventually, while she's, he's driving, she goes, I'm ready to go there now. So then he drives her, right? And it's interesting because there were people waiting, like they knew she was coming at the time. So he helps her out, helps her into, now he's more friendly with her and more gentle with her, right? So he helps her into her wheelchair. And he goes to shake her hand, and he realizes that's not enough. So he hugs her, and she whispers in his ear, thank you for giving a little old dying lady the day of her life. It has meant the life to me. And then she gets willed it away, and he, sit, he gets in his car, and he, well, no, before she, she, he wills her away, she goes to open up, he's like, hold on a second, and she pulls out her little change purse, and, and I gotta pay you. And he says, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, I, I don't need, he, she said, but you gotta make a living. He said, I have other fares. I can get it from there. I can get it from them. And then she let him, let him go. Listening from, and seeing from the heart We don't know what's going on in another person's life. We don't even know deeply what's going on in our life. I didn't know what was going on when I got the installation. And the other part was I was thinking, I was excited about my mom being there because she was there when I first started my ministry, but she wasn't there seemingly when I got installed, but her spirit was there. Her spirit was there. We have to see from the eyes of the heart, people. We really do. Everything that's going on in this world, we cannot change it through anger and, and, and tit for tat and paying people back. You can't do that. You cannot fight fear and anger and all of those things with fear, anger, and all of that. You have to use the eyes of the heart, and you can only lo- use love. Only love can conquer hate. And it doesn't conquer it. It embraces the hate, and it, transmuted it transmutes it into what it really is. Is love seeking to be expressed from that person. That's what it is. Is love seeking to be expressed from that person. So whatever situation or wherever you are right now or people who are going through things in your life, ask God to show it to you from a different perspective. Ask God to show it to you from the light that Jesus was talking about. And what happens when we do that, it is only when We can release what is blocking us from seeing it through truth. 
that we can proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the year of the Lord's favor is seeing from a higher perspective what the situation is. But there's something deep in there that has to happen first. Another thing, what keeps us spiritually blind, one thing is ignorance. We just don't know. It's like it's in our blind spot. The other thing is unwillingness. unwillingness, Being unwilling to do that. And we right now are in the month of August, which is will. Unwillingness is the same thing as willfulness. In order to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, you have to be willing. You have to be willing to see the light and see through the eyes of the heart. When you see from your heart, you see it from a spiritual light. You have to be willing. Now, that story I told you about the man in Bethsaida who once he, Jesus spit in his eye, and then he saw men walking as trees. Now, he was willing to be healed. And he was willing to release the darkness, but he wasn't willing to let go of the physical realm. That's why he saw trees walking as darkness. So another thing that pulls us out of spiritual darkness is being willing to release what you already know in this physical realm. Release what you already see, what you're looking at in the physical realm. Release holding on to the attachment of the third dimensional realm of limitation and separation. You have to let it go. as if you are giving your life away. And when you do that, it's only when you are willing to do that that you can see because you move out of your own way and you're able to see from the heart. When a guy sat down when he was sitting next to the man and he was willing to say something about the kids because he could have just sat there angry and judgmental look at these kids, you know. When he was willing to say something to the man, and the guy showed him the truth of what was going on in their lives. He saw things from a different perspective. Are you willing to release how you're looking at your life, your body, your circumstances, other people, their life, their body, their circumstances, the world, the world's life, the world's body, the world's circumstances? Are you willing to let go of how it looks on that level, and let the finger, the heart, shift you. I know it crosses your eyes, but when you cross your eyes like that, you see differently. And when you cross your, when you do it and you look at the picture, it draws out a third dimensional. Are you willing to do that? When you are willing to do that, you have begun to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. I am willing to release what I see in the physical. Together, I am willing to release what I see in the physical. I am willing to see through the eyes of my heart. Together, I am willing to see through the the eyes of my heart. Let's say it again. I am willing to see through the eyes of my heart. One more time. I am willing to see through the eyes of my heart. And when you see through the eyes of your heart, there's a deeper connection. And that connection of third dimensional is so amazing. It's so amazing. I was up there speaking yesterday at the memorial, and everybody was just sitting there stoic. And I was like, you guys are a tough crowd. (laughs) But I had to remember, 
They may not have grown up in a church where you hoop and holler and all this and that, right? Had to look from it from a different perspective. And I just continued to be me and share love. And at the end, everybody came up and told me how amazing it was. I would have not have known from looking at their faces from my perspective. Like, okay, just looking at them. Hello, my baby. Okay, tough crowd. But it really did touch them what God had to say through me because I released me. And that's the other thing. When you let go of it, do not put expectation on how it's supposed to show up because then you go back to your blindness. You go back to seeing it from the surface and what you expect. You got to see it from the eyes of God. And the only way to do that is to completely let it go. Let go of what's going on in your life right now. Ask God to show you the truth. Ask God to proclaim release of, of uh, to, re- to proclaim recovery of sight to your blindness. And when you can be that vibration, like we sat in peace this morning, when you can be that vibration, not only do you, can you, are you able to help another person, but you're able to be that example that they can follow like Jesus was for us. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you.
Right on. 